just ended up being a collective family decision for me, something that's been weighing on me daily. Um, just ended up sitting with my family and kind of assessing all the pop possibilities and realizing that there's just too many uncertainties, too many unknowns right now um, to go out there and truly just put in the health for my family and myself um, first and foremost. Hey guys, welcome back to Simply Amazing. It's Tim Ryder. Back with me is Jacob Resnick. What's happening, pal? Not much. I, I was saying before we came on the air, um, that this is two two opt-outs in a row for the New York Mets where we were supposed to record uh, the previous day, ended up, you know, because we're, we're busy guys. We, we have a lot of stuff going on in our, in our, in our lives. Um, so we had to end up pushing these episodes to the next day, and then they're, they're just so happy to be... Uh, an opt-out on the New York Mets that that uh, conveniently fit into our recording schedule. So um, plenty to talk about um, with the, the news regarding Marcus Stroman today. Yeah. No, I guess last night I had to bail. Um, I enjoyed my Sunday afternoon, and I also got a glimpse at my crystal ball and said, oh, tomorrow's going to be better. Let's do it tomorrow. So here we are. <laughs> uh, Stroman's out. Um, you know, you have to respect his decision, but uh, the Mets have some – they have just some decisions to make and not uh, not quite the depth that they had hoped they'd have at this point. Um, Michael Walker's on the aisle with shoulder issues. Uh, if Stroman's not coming back, I mean, I guess they had to fill Walker's spot before Stroman was going to return. Uh, that's what they said, uh, I guess, Monday. Uh, I'm sorry, Sunday. But <laughs> now the Mets have to fill two spots in their rotation over the next few weeks. Uh, Jacob, who's who's next in the pecking order? Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> the, the options are certainly uh, not great. They haven't been great, and, and they haven't gotten any better uh, in, that, in that time period. Um, you know, Stroman was not going to be available for Waka's start on Wednesday. Um, he still had to throw one more simulated game. And, uh, you, you know, he, he said he felt good um, when, he, when he spoke today. He, he said he, he felt 100% with his calf, but they just wanted to make sure that he was uh, 110%, I guess. Um, so, so he was going to pitch again in Brooklyn before he, he would have returned to uh, the major leagues, but obviously that is not an option anymore. Um, so it's a next man up kind of thing. Um, I guess, well, the first ramification is that David Peterson seems to have guaranteed himself a, a spot in the rotation for the rest of the season. Um, I guess there there would have been a question if if he would have remained, um, uh, considering that uh, you know Waka and, and Porcello, given the, the money that they're making, probably weren't coming out of the rotation uh, regardless of their performance. Um, and, and Stroman would have been coming back, but he's not anymore. So Peterson, who's been the Mets' second best starter so far, uh, given. Uh, you know, everyone's gone through three times now. DeGrom's pitched the fourth game, but we don't have to worry about him. Um, but, you know, Peterson, he, I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't been perfect. Um, he certainly showed uh, the risks of his profile. Um, you know, the, the pitch-to-contact guy, not a huge strikeout uh, pitcher, even though he did have eight, eight strikeouts in his, his second game, but he had, he had three in, uh, in his uh, most recent outing, so... Um, you know, the, the margin of error for, for those types of pitchers are, are very slim. So I, I'd like to see, um, you know, much more from him before, uh, before I, I do feel comfortable anointing him as the, the second best pitcher in this rotation, um, which is 
what his his numbers would suggest so far. But um, as for the rest of the group, I mean, you know, or as far as you know, filling um, Waka's Waka's upcoming start. I mean, the the options are are the ones we've been hearing about um, for the entire the entire season. I mean, it was the same group that was uh, eligible to uh, fill Stroman's spot from the start of the year, which was was initially Peterson and, and will continue to be Peterson. But um, you know, we're looking at the Corey Oswalt's um, Walker Lockett should be ready to come off the injury list. He's been eligible for uh, a little over a week now to to return from his back injury. Um, and, you know, Franklin Killame pitched once in relief, actually pitched four innings out of the bullpen and, and looked, um, pretty solid. Um, and, you know, he came up as a starter, so he'll, he'll be used to that, that role. If anything, the bullpen appearance was, was more of an unusual spot for him. Um, and after that, you know, the, the options are, are off the 40, um, Erasmo Ramirez and, and Pedro Payano. I mean, you know, there, there aren't. Uh, a ton of, of real interesting options. Actually, I will mention the the most recent addition to the to the forty man roster, which is uh, Ariel Hurado, who was acquired from uh, Texas after he was designated for assignment by the Rangers. Um, so he's he has starting experience, not none of it none of it great, but um, you know it, it doesn't seem like there's anyone who's a candidate to fill in and remain in the rotation for the rest of the season. So. Um, and, and obviously with the, the trade deadline approaching, even though we're only uh, a little over a quarter of the way into the season already, um, you know, it's, uh, it might be possible for the team to kind of look around and see, see what's available because right now the, the, the formerly strength of the t- former strength of the team starting rotation is, uh, is anything but right now. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly intrigued to see. Uh, hopefully, uh, Kilame get a shot. Uh, I like his stuff a lot. Um, how about Thomas Sapucky? Is I know he's on the forty man. Um, is and any chance that he's uh, yeah looked at or given a given a shake in this um, you know I guess <laughs> in this little lottery they got going. Uh, I mean, I guess it's possible since he's on the forty. I I I, I doubt it. Um, if yeah. anything, I, I think he would probably, you know, appear out of the bullpen first, like, like Kilome did, but, um, you know, I mean, I wasn't expecting Kilome to pitch in the majors at all this season, just given that he was, uh, you know, almost two years removed from his last, uh, last regular season outing and, uh, didn't have any experience above double A when, you know, Spucky's kind of in that same lane. He did pitch a little bit last year, but he. He was kind of bouncing in between, uh, you know, being active and, and being on the injured list with a couple, couple things. So, um, you know, and and again, he's he's at the alternate side in Brooklyn. We don't really know what's what's going on there. Who's pitching? Who's who's not? Who's who's dinged up? You know, we don't we don't really know what's what's going on there. Um, so, I hard to say for sure. But you know, there are guys like like Oswald and and Lockett and and even Kilame who do have some major league experience. So I would, I would assume they'll go that direction. Yeah. I, um, I'd certainly want to see what Harado's about. Um, again, Kilome is always a, uh, an intriguing option. Um, back to Stroman. So, you know, 
there are skeptics out there. I'm I'm not one of them. I think this is a, a bullshit narrative that that's being brought up. But um, how did his service time kind of lay out? I, I know you spoke about it a, a little bit on Twitter, but um, so he, he gathered enough service time to hit free agency and all that stuff. But that was a few weeks ago, right? That really has nothing to do with the timing of his opting out. Yeah, so if he had decided to opt out before the start of the season, um, then he would still technically be under contract going into next season uh, with the Mets because he wouldn't have – you have to reach that, that six-year plateau. Um, and he entered the season with five years and 148 days of service. Um, and you, ha- you have to get to 172 for a full year. So that's uh, that would have been, um, I think uh, – you know, about about three weeks into the season. Um, the thing is that this year, uh, service time is being prorated out. So um, in, he was on the, the injured list for 19 days, accumulating service time, which uh, if you bring that out uh, over uh, over a you know 162 game season, that would be equal to 53 days. So he 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 shot past the the six year threshold. Um, but yeah, he he past that on July 31st. And, uh, according to my calendar, it's August 10th. So, uh, if he was going, if he, if literally the only thing he cared about, uh, was, was getting his service time and, and getting out of here. Um, I don't know why he would wait, uh, two weeks to, to do so. Um, so I, you know, I just think it's uh, a convenient excuse for, for Mets fans who like to point fingers, and I don't really get it. Um, it happened with Cespedes. It's happening with Stroman now. Um, and and I just do not understand why, why people uh, can't can't see the, the humanity in the situation and recognize that these guys are, are literally putting the lives uh, of themselves and their family members uh, on the line um, just to, to play a game that we watch on TV. Uh, for for our enjoyment, so it, it's it's really really mind boggling to me. Um, you know the reaction from from some sect of of Mets fans on, on online. Yeah, no, it just it's always um, it's you know it's not even surprising at this point. It's just disappointing that some people think like that. But hey, you know, to each their own. Um, over to the offensive side of things, Jacob. Uh, I mean, there's been. Um, some absolutely terrific performers so far. We've seen J.D. Davis um, actually uh, absolutely just, you know, rake over the last few weeks. I think he's in the midst of a 13-game hitting streak now. Uh, Conforto's having a, a terrific season so far. Andre Jimenez. You know, coupled in with Ahmed Rosario's, I guess, ineffectiveness, you could say, towards the beginning of the year, like he was on a really great trajectory over, you could even go back to like June of 2018 and he's just been, you know, getting better and better. And um, I don't know if it's, you know, it's, it's unfair to speculate, but um, there are, it is strange times, but he's had a slow start. Jimenez um, appears to have all the tools. Someone asked me who I would compare him to. And um, this isn't a a strict comparison, but just his skill set. It reminds me of Robbie Alomar. Yes, he's not at Robbie Alomar's level yet, but um, he does it all. He does it all really, really well. Where might Jimenez fit? I mean, is is Rosario, in your opinion, is Rosario cemented into that spot? I mean, he's had guys nipping at his heels for a couple of years now. We know that 
Jimenez is coming. We know that Mauricio's coming. Is is he on the hot seat? Is Jimenez here to um to take his job? Is his versatility gonna afford him more opportunities elsewhere? I, it's just uh, you feel bad for Rosario. I, I feel bad for Rosario. He needs to pick it up. I think he has a spot here, but um, Jimenez is making it very very tough for the uh, decision makers. I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I don't think. Rosario should be worried about his job. I think he should certainly be looking over his shoulder. Um, but, you know, the organization has been committed to Rosario as the shortstop of the future since uh, July 2nd, 2012, when they, they gave him a, a franchise record bonus in, on the international market, and they hyped him up for years. And, and he, uh, you know, shot through the system, made his debut at, at 21 years old, and, and has has not left that spot since, even uh, through the ups and downs, um, and he's had uh, much worse uh, downs than than he is going through right now. Uh, he's had much worse downs through throughout his career so far, his major league career so far. Um, so you know, I'm I'm not saying that they're going to give up on him after uh, you know two three weeks of of games. I mean, he certainly hasn't looked great, um, but you know, these circumstances surrounding the season are are just weird. And and like you said, you don't you don't know what's What's going on? I think um, you know he worked really well with uh, Chili Davis, uh, especially in the second half last year, in terms of uh, being more in tune with his craft and and the work off the field. Um, mm. So it's it's possible, you know, even though that that Chili is able to be in contact with the guys dur- during the uh, you know during the day before the games, um, it's just not the same. He's, he's not in the dugout; you can't go up to him and, and talk to him in between at bats. Um, and so that could have something to do with it. Again, I, I don't want to speculate, but, um, certain, you know, tons, tons of factors contributing to it. Um, as far as Jimenez goes, um, you know, I, it's weird because, uh, in a normal year, he wouldn't have even been put in this situation, uh, you know, to succeed from, from the get go. Uh, so I think he's kind of accelerated the, the timetable and, and it's, it's difficult to kind of adjust to that uh, on the fly. Like, like people want them to, you know, like he's, he was not going to be the the everyday, you know, second baseman shortstop, wherever he's going to end up playing, um, you know, from, from the start of the 2020 season. And that's what, that's what ended up happening. Um, But I don't think any of it's really surprising. Um, We've heard since, since they signed him really, uh, in 20, 2015, um, just how diligent he is as a baseball player uh, and how mature he is beyond his years. Uh, and we're, we're starting to see the, uh, the benefits of that, um, just kind of being able to jump into any role that's needed, whether that's starting at second base or shortstop or third base or coming in as a defensive replacement or pinch running. Um, and the, the early returns have been solid. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say that he's the 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 rookie of the year favorite uh, from from uh, from this point, um, but he he's certainly been um, been a, uh, a a revelation to to have on the team. Um, you know, his his numbers are are or you know the under the underlying numbers are are really good. He's hitting the ball hard. Um, I, I think uh, you know Fangraphs has minor league uh, exit velocity data uh, for some guys, uh, which is, is more than, than we've ever gotten before. They have average and, and max exit velo, and um, they have his, his max exit velocity in, in the minors in 2019 
at 102 and he's already hit, um, you know, three or four balls, uh, five, six, seven miles an hour harder than that. So um, he looks stronger without losing his agility. Um, you know, no one's, no one, no one was worried about uh, what he would do in the field and he, he's been perfect uh, there for the most part. Um, and his speed, he's, he's up there in the top, uh, you know, top 10% of the league in, in sprint speed, according to StatCast. And um, just, you know, does the little things really well. Um, Luis Rojas was talking uh, after the game on Sunday, um, which was his, his three-hit, three-run scored, stolen base game, uh, including a, a, bun- a really nice oh, that- bunt single. It was beautiful. That drag bunt was awesome. Oh, my God. I sat up, and I'm sitting watching the game by myself, and I'm yelling. I'm like, yeah, that was gorgeous. And my daughter knocks on the door. She's like, what are you yelling about? I'm like, the Mets, honey, the Mets. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, that that kind of uh, energy, you know, ability to, to do that, I mean, we haven't really seen that uh, from a player on this team since – uh, since Jose Reyes, if we're being honest, um, the Mets yeah. really haven't had any, um, you know, shifty middle infielder like that who um, who can drop a bunt down. I mean, I don't think we've ever seen Rosario do it. Um, no, I was I was I was looking looking up uh, since Reyes left the Mets, um, you know, stolen base leaders in in, uh, in a single season because I just wasn't able to think of anyone who's uh, been able to swipe a bag consistently um in in between in between that time and uh you know I, I was reminded of eric young jr and he was he was pretty good for for a couple of years there but um it's, it's certainly a profile that that jimenez has that, that we haven't seen um that that differs a little bit from rosario they're they're not exactly the same player um no. and and you know I, I i think he's still going to go through the the normal ups and downs of, of a young player trying to, to find his footing in the majors. But, um, you know, you certainly have to have to like what you've seen so far. Oh, 100%. And I know you and me both, we were big proponents of Jimenez um, during his ascent through the minors. And, you know, to see him doing it here, it's, um, you know, gratifying in a personal respect. And it's really cool to see him making, a, making an impact and kind of everyone jumping on the bandwagon. It's awesome. But uh, another weapon, you know, in the lineup is never a bad thing, especially a versatile one. Um, you know, a, a 360. Of, oh, I'm sorry. I just, wanted to say, I just want to say real quick, speaking of the bandwagon, just as someone who has been watching him since uh, since 2017, when he came onto our MILB TV screens in Columbia, um, you know, it's just kind of rewarding to to see him, you know, playing well, playing well at the majors after you've been watching him for a couple of years. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh, exactly. Oh, exactly. It's been, you know, wait, all right. So last, what was it? It was last year. You hit on a hand in June. I want to say, uh, missed some time, took a little bit of time to get, uh, to get it, get back in a groove. And then he absolutely raked. And I remember you coming on the show and we're talking about it and we're like, boy, he's, um, <laughs> you know, he's really turning things around. And then he goes to the, uh, Arizona fall league and, you know, I think he led the, led the league in OPS, right? And he loved the league in hitting. Uh, I'm not. I'm not okay. sure about the power numbers, but he was at least you know getting on base. Um, he, pretty sure he hit a home run in his first game or something. It looked really nice. Um, I think you know the thing was I don't obviously the the injury wasn't affecting the start to his season because it you know no, happened yeah, and, he was in a and, yeah. and it and it took him a little bit to to get back from that. But um, when you think about the swing, um, we and you know we've talked about that on on Twitter and um, how he. 
had his swing revamped by the organization because um, it seemed, you know, I don't want to speak for them, but what it seemed like was uh, they were trying to accelerate the development a little bit and they had um, over the past few years been pushing, okay, the power is going to come. He has quick wrists. He, he has a little more strength than, than it looks from his just looking at him and his diminutive, diminutive stat- stature. Um, but the power wasn't really showing up uh, yet. Uh, and they were trying to kind of push that along as he got closer to the majors. So they added that big leg kick um, to his swing. And, and you know, um, I, I posted a video on Twitter from uh, 2017 when he was in Colombia. Um, and that front foot was on the ground the entire time. I mean, he was just, he was barely picking it up and just kind of spinning on it as he was loading up for the, the pitch. And then, you know, he was, he was uh, turning on his back leg. And, and now, I mean, it's, it's, completely different where he's uh you know once the pitcher starts loading up he's he's got that front foot in the air so um you know it just seemed like he was not comfortable and adjusted to that for the entire uh first half plus of of 2019 when he was in Binghamton um and it started to come around and he started to get more comfortable with it uh as the season went on and and now we're we're seeing um you know, a little bit of, of what, I mean, we haven't seen extreme power. We've seen some, like I mentioned, plus 105 exit velocities, which is, is more than he was doing last year. So um, certainly seems like mechanically he's starting to come around uh, as well. And, um, you know, certainly that injury last year didn't, didn't help the development, um, but he, he made a nice, nice rebound from it. And, and um, you know, I don't put too much stock into Arizona falling performance just because, uh, as hitters, you're, you're facing pitchers who who uh, had already thrown a full minor league season. Um, yeah. But you know, certainly certainly nice to to see the the the, the five week stretch there of, of sustained success. Oh, for sure. And even now, I mean, his hard hit rate it's only like thirty percent. Well, actually, it's thirty percent on the nose. But he's third on the team in medium percent hit rate. Um, medium hit, I guess, middle. Uh, he's hitting he's hitting the ball on on the screws medium strength okay there you go thank you for the phrasing um third on the team behind rosario and conforto in that uh you know he's walking at a not so great clip but everyone else is um yeah i'm intrigued i hope he's certainly going to get looks now with uh with cano still out with rosario struggling um with his ability to play multiple positions you know he's going to get uh his fair amount of reps um yeah, you know, the bubble's going to pop, but you just got to hope that he's uh, talented enough to kind of, you know, get back on his horse and go. Um, speaking of getting back on his horse and going, Pete Alonso, uh, he's been making more solid contact. Um, his batting average is still under 200. Um, his his on-base percentage is up there. He's definitely um, doing well in that regard, but... Uh, we still thinking it's just a matter of time before he puts it all together. Right. I mean, we've seen the frustration mounting even just as, as viewers at home, but uh, it looks like he's making hard contact. This has got to be just a little slump, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, if this was uh, two and a half weeks in, in, in the middle of June in 162 game season, we're not, we're not having this conversation. I think it, it's uh, gets a little more magnified because uh, this is all we've seen from him since the end of 2019. Um, you know, we, we, we haven't seen him be that consistent home run, home run masher that, that we, that we saw all of last year in quite a while. So um, this is what's fresh in our minds. And, you know, he, 
he's certainly uh, has had poor at bats, um, but he's still hitting the ball hard when he does make contact. And um, you know the, the the home run he hit in Boston and the home run he hit at City Field, um, you know they they were absolute laser beams. Um, so he still has it in him. It's not like he's he's lost his ability to to hit home runs and. Um, Again, you know, if this was if this was the middle of a of a hundred sixty two game season, it's 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 not not even a blip on the radar. Guys go through slumps, um, but just the fact that it's happening at the start of the season, uh, I think, kind of you know magnifies it a little bit. But um, yeah, I'm not I'm not worried in the slightest. I think uh, getting him some DH reps a uh, little more that that could help. Um, it certainly helps the yeah. infield defense with Dom at first base, and that's not necessarily a knock on Pete, but Dom's yeah. glove skills are just so good. Yeah, you know, Pete certainly hasn't been awful <laughs> from from the eye test. Um, yeah, but just you know, getting him getting him off his legs and, and not having to worry about defense and and just just focus on the hitting. Uh, you know, keep him relaxed in between in between uh, in between at bats instead of having to run back on the field. I think um, certainly helps. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll kind of see where it goes from here. I'm not I'm not really really worried about a guy who has shown that he can hit 53 home runs in a season. I'll say that. No, Yeah, no, I, I think it's just a matter of time before he finds his stroke. And it looks like he's getting there. It really does. Cause even his outs, I mean, he he's had some very hard hit line drives. His ground balls are a little uh, up this, this so far this year, but again, that could just be a little mechanical tweak. And, you know, we know that he takes his craft seriously. We haven't, we haven't even approached the, the level where, uh, you know, you can look at uh, a guy's, uh, you know, stats like that and, 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 you know, mark it as like, this is the player he is now. I mean, you know, we're, if we're talking about, uh, you know, 20, 25 balls in play, I mean, you're, you're, you're not, you're not reaching the stabilization point until, you know, well over, well over a hundred. So, um, yeah, not, not worried at all. Oh, so you mean Robinson Cano's uh, 412 batting average through 40 plate appearances? Shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't put hold too much water in that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure about that one. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. No, you know, um, I know we've said it here before. The weapons are here. Um, just got to get everybody kind of hitting at the same time or just limit those, those slumps. You got to wonder whether guys are pressing knowing that it's a short season, knowing that especially with the Mets, they, you know, they lost five in a row. That's huge in a 60 game season. That's, um, you know, that's a, <laughs> that could be a make or break little uh, stretch right there. So, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if guys were putting a little extra pressure on themselves to perform. Um, and, you know, for, for a hitter, at least, you know, amateur hitters like uh like you know when we were in playing in school or whatever um the more you think about it the more you're gonna fuck up so you know uh oh i didn't mean to curse right there but eh, it happens um you know it, it's just it, i think it's like i said it's a matter of time um mcneil looks like he's certainly um found his groove i think nimmo um will will come around his obp is still hovering well above 400 so he's still him uh just a matter of getting like getting 430 good contact. I think. 433 it, it, i got it up from there right now that's it's, ridiculous yeah, it's it's not just at 400 it's well above 400 he's yeah i mean i and the fact that he's continues and in, in tonight monday he's he's batting i think seventh um i mean it's just it's not uh conducive to to using his skill set as as well as i can um I mean, this is one of the premier on-base men in this league, um, or in in the entire sport. 
um, <laughs> going back to the beginning of 2018, and and the fact that he's he's uh, keeps getting jerked around the lineup. Sometimes sometimes he's leading off, but sometimes he's hitting ninth. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, but I definitely tweeted it. Like, if you want to bat a guy ninth that gets on base a lot over the course of a 162 game season, because you know, in using the you know the he turns the lineup over argument. Um, okay, that's fine. But in a 60-game season where, uh, you know, the difference between, um, you know, averaging four plate appearances a game and three plate appearances a game uh, seems small on a, on a game-by-game basis, but over the course of a season, uh, or a short season specifically, um, could be, you know, 60, 70 uh, plate appearances over, over the entire course of the season. So I just think, you know, keeping Nemo anywhere but, but the leadoff spot is just uh, you know, a detriment to the lineup, um, especially when someone like Ahmed Rosario, who has has not shown very good on you know overall on base skills, um, you know he doesn't he doesn't really walk at all. So um, he hasn't drawn a walk yet this season. There you go. So um, it's it's just kind of a little a little puzzling to me. And even against left-handed hitters, Nemo is still a better on base on base uh, on base man than uh, than Rosario is. The Mets have six, I'm counting it right, they have six regulars with walk percentages over 10% right now. Um, and Thomas Nito, uh, Tomas Nito, sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, Nimmo's 20.9%. That's his walk rate through 67 plate appearances. That's ridiculous. How he's not in the leadoff spot every night is just wild. But, um, you know, Rojas is finding his, you know, he's finding his groove he's finding his lineup um why brian dozier is in the dh spot heading into monday night's game against the nationals is uh is beyond the pale but um you know got to get these guys going to take a page out of nikki's book yeah for sure and you know just overall um you know i'm not too worried about uh the offense you know going forward i mean this is um and we've seen it the, the entire season it's not like they've been struggling to hit and to get on base and to get guys that run, run, get runners in scoring position. Uh, they just haven't been able to get those guys in uh, and get the big hit consistently. So, um, you know, by, by the time they, they are able to do that consistently, hopefully they'll, they'll be right in, in the playoff race and, and getting on that role will be able to push them into the playoffs. Um, so, you know, for me, for me, Looking at the team as a whole, it's just just the pitching needs to, especially the starting pitching after Degrom needs to uh, needs to come around, and then you know I think this this team will be fine. Yeah, you have to hope so. Um, I think things are still tight enough that, like you said, you put a nice stretch together, and boom, you're right back in the in the mix. Um, you know, heading into the Washington series, this is a big one. This is four games against the team that's probably going to be up towards the top of the division. Uh, Matt certainly has a lot to show going into Monday night's game against Corbin. Uh, Conforto and J.D. Davis both in the lineup, both hit Corbin very well. Um, you know, there's certain games that this team has to, you know, they have to win games right now. Um, the weekend series against Miami, you know, you have to sweep that, but two out of three ain't so bad. Um, you know, <sighs> You just you gotta hope that these guys sense the urgency and are able to uh, to just get it you know get it on track because it it, it, may, it certainly makes things a lot more exciting when this team is winning. Uh, you know you look back and they were 
a few games under 500 or, or a handful of games under 500 after, you know, 14 games. And, you know, that's a killer. That's a, um, it, it's, it could have been a, a, a big blow to not just the fan base. Cause you know, we're just so thrilled to have baseball back, but um, the morale in the clubhouse, I mean, you hate to see Rojas catch a bad rap for, uh, for getting off to a, a bad start. Cause I think he's a, a heck of a manager. I think he's going to do fine. Um, you saw the frustration building. You saw Alonzo getting pissed off. You heard, <laughs> you audibly heard McNeil getting pissed off. Uh, you know, you just, this team's too good to, to fall by the wayside. And, uh, I think they're built well and sure there's hurdles, especially with the injuries mounting up and then guys opting out. Now you have to kind of embrace that next man up mentality and, and keep it moving. Um, yeah, I'm still very optimistic I, on the, playing side on the health side you just <laughs> we've had this conversation there's uh you can't get too far ahead of yourself here the cardinals man what do you yeah. do with them what, what what do you do with them now i mean yeah double headers you know for how long i have no idea i mean they're yeah. they're they're gonna have too many games in, in not enough days and um i think you do the best you can uh once you get them get them right um and you know hope to get them to at least 50 games uh, if they can. And then, and then just, you know, based on, on winning percentage for, for ordering the, the division, um, that's probably the, the best thing you can do. Uh, it's, it's not ideal for, for anyone. No, but, you're going to have um, to do like a, like a minimum games to qualify. And uh, you know, that, <laughs> that might leave some people out in the cold. Some, some teams who played 60 games who might who might just missed out to a team that plays i don't know 49 or breaks the 48 game threshold and uh and squeaks in on winning percentage you know it adds to the excitement but just get a full season in i swear i'm enjoying this i don't care if the mets win or not i'm just enjoying baseball (laughs) yeah for sure and it's it's kind of weird to think about you know this stuff happening at the same time i mean like that the season could just stop at any moment uh while we're already into um or trying to treat treat it as normal as possible um so you know just fingers crossed that that uh you know the guys take it seriously throughout the league um and they they follow the protocols and and are able to just just get through the the next couple months and and that'll be that um be interesting to see what they do with the postseason if they end up uh you know bubbling bubbling the teams in a, a single location at a, at a neutral site. Um, I think that would be probably the, the safest way to go. Cause we've seen it work uh, really flawlessly in, in, uh, in, in the NBA and, and the NHL so far. So um, still, still lots, uh, a lot of moving parts and, and um, you know, I, I think I have faith that they'll be able to get it done, but um, it doesn't, doesn't feel right that there's a team just kind of not operating um, just while everyone is, is moving on with their lives. Yeah. No, I think they're going to have to embrace some sort of minimum games played. And, uh, you know, it, we've heard whispers that all oh, the, you know, the Cardinals went out and we heard the same thing with the Marlins. Oh, the Marlins went out. You know, um, I hate to believe what could be just a, a spin, but. You know, it's up to the players to police themselves. We'll go back to Conforto, who said it on the first day of summer camp. Um, the team that stays healthiest is going to win the most games. And that's all it comes down to. And if it comes down to, you know, guys not going out. Like, who was it? Zach Plesak from Cleveland? He went out, and now he's been uh, removed from the team. They got to 
you know, keep him away while he self quarantines or whatever the case is. But you know, that's it's, it's selfish behavior. Speaking of selfish behavior, Jacob, what's your take on what happened with um, the A's and the Astros on Sunday with Loriano and and yeah. you know? All right, so all right, I, I, you know what? Go ahead. I, I want to hear. I want to hear your take because I've gotten a lot of pushback on my opinion. So so I'll let, take me through what your thoughts were. I don't. I don't think I really have a take other than other than um, extreme uh, childlike, uh, you know, attitudes by by the Astros bench and and kind of yeah. egging Loriano on. Um, you know, especially I think that was the the third time that that he had been hit in in that series, and um, certainly has a right to be frustrated. And um, I, I don't obviously condone uh you know sprinting at at a dugout and, and trying to go for a guy but i mean the camera was, was right on alex Cintron and and saw him kind of motioning like come on come at me um and and that's just not not cool especially from a from a coach you know these are the the um the administrators who are supposed to be uh kind of um setting an example for for their players and um, it, it and especially once uh, <laughs> once you get into the thick of it and, and you're you're you are chirping at each other, you know, no one's really thinking at all about uh, oh, you know, the COVID protocols. We've got to stay away from each other. Um, so I, I obviously Loriano is going to get a suspension. I don't think he should be pointed out and used as like you know this is the guy who is defying the COVID protocols we have in, in place. Um, no, he lost his temper for sure. And, and it was, it was all the, all the only things that he did were, were provoked by, by Astro's actions. Um, which is kind of funny because it wasn't really anything that had to do with the, 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 the reasons we thought the Astros would be in fights this year. Um, it was just, uh, a rookie pitcher that hit that hit uh, hit Loriano, so um, yeah. kind of you know a messy situation that that isn't really great for the league's image, um, and especially if you look closer and, and see the the images of the coach uh, kind of in, inviting the the brawl. Yeah, no, and that's exactly what this was an okie doke, one hundred percent. The Astros knew what they were doing; they know what type of player Loriano is he's a fiery guy um and that's not a knock on him I love Loriano as a player I really do they knew that they could egg him on they knew all right let's get this guy all weekend we'll get him riled up they're division rivals they know that a suspension you know if they if they if they poke the bear long enough the bear's gonna fucking attack you <laughs> um and and it looks like that's what they were doing. They hit him all weekend. The coach was you saw the coach everybody saw the coach he's up there he's hiking up his pant leg the real you know, tough guy stuff. It's um, that uh, that's that's despicable. I don't blame Loriano one bit for getting angry. I don't even blame him for snapping. Um, you can only push somebody so far. Uh, uh you know, getting hit with three bad three baseballs in the course of three days is uh, you know, that's bad enough. But having a a, a half uniformed coach, you know, calling you out, you know, that's gonna happen. My my opinion was that Loriano has to know better. 
you know, everybody knows that a suspension, uh, you know, a fight or anything like that is going to draw a big suspension right now. What was Joe Kelly? Joe Kelly was gone for eight games. Was that that the total? Yeah. Okay, so that's a, that's a ten game suspension. Um, a, a ten day suspension, give or take, maybe eight, maybe nine days. Um, you know, in a sixty game season, that's detrimental for a position player, even more so than a relief pitcher. So they know that if they can get Loriano worked up enough. Boom, he's out of the lineup for two weeks, like or, or whatever the case may be. Um, I think, one, it was orchestrated by the Astros to get him going and just make him snap. But also, Loriano has to know, you got to put that in your back pocket. You're going to see these guys a bunch more times this year. Um, I, I don't condone pitchers, you know, taking things into their own hands. But if a pitcher on the, on the A's wants to pay, take, take things into their own hand, I'm not going to argue with them, especially in a situation like this. But. You just you have so many opportunities to exact revenge. Doing it now, when everything is still a tight race across the board, um, it's just I don't want to say it's selfish. I used that word earlier today on Twitter, and I kind of regret it. But you have to use your head, man. Like you know, you're a big part of the A's lineup. Now you're taking yourself out of it just to you know what were you going to do? Go over there and beat up the coach? It's just, it could have been handled completely differently. It could have been handled down the line. You chalk it up, you put it in your, put it in your back pocket and just don't forget about it. And I know that's a, you know, it's a, it's a very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Aggressive way to think, but I'm just trying to put my, my, put my feet in these, in these players shoes. Um, you know, we've all been in spots like this where you just get, you know, you get riled up and you make a mistake, but he just, he's got to, in my head, he had to show a little bit more restraint. And, you know, now now his team's at a disadvantage. I think he, I think he tried to. I, I, you know, he wasn't, he didn't run at, once he was initially hit, he didn't run at the pitcher. And, you know, yeah. he was just, he was kind of talking and, and expressing his frustration. He was clearly frustrated. I mean, he's like, he oh, was, of he course. Was, he That's was, justifiable. Like, he was, he was motioning like the the curveball motion with his his hand, like uh, you know, <laughs> if you, like if you twist your hand, you're like this, it'll break more. <laughs> yeah, that, that was great, but um, was you know, I, I think he was he was um, clearly frustrated and, and was doing a, an okay job of, of keeping it under control. He went to first base, he was at first base, and then and then uh, you know, Cintron started started barking at him. For, like first of all, it was just weird, like. Um, Believe is he the hitting coach or the bench coach? I'm not exactly sure, but uh, I think he's he was the hitting the, coach. He was the hitting coach, and he was at the complete other end of the dugout than where we usually see coaches. So that it just seemed like there was there was uh, you know it, it was designed by him to to kind of you know get under his skin or something. And um, you know everything I've, I've seen tweeted about Loriano as a person is that he's not the kind of guy who would just you know lose his cool and just sprint at at someone and try to beat them up, you know, unless he was severely, uh, provoked. And, um, it, I mean, he came up in that organization. So perhaps there's a little something extra there. Um, no, no side is, is looks great in this situation. Um, but you know, I can certainly understand why and how it developed. And, um, I don't, don't think that, um, you know, you can kind of put this under the same lens of, of, trying to keep guys apart because of COVID. I don't think 
Um, I mean, you're just not going to, to stop emotions from, from happening naturally on, on a baseball field. And, um, oh, I, I agree a hundred percent. I think safety and, and COVID guidelines went out the window, um, well before he sprinted towards the dugout. I think he, um, the Astros invited that by hitting him all weekend, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, yeah, everybody hits a point that they just snap and, um, the Astros did a very good job of getting Loriano to snap and, uh. You know, you can't blame him. I just wish he would have thought about it and and held himself back because he's an exciting player and a big part of that Oakland team. And I really like that Oakland team. I'd like to see them do well. Uh, you know, hopefully they get past it and hopefully um, Loriano comes back and just absolutely creams the Astros um, in every at-bat. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. So, Jacob, we got, um, we got four with the Nationals this week. It's going to tell a lot about where this season is going uh you have any um i don't want to say predictions it's tough to predict but um you feeling good about it or what yeah i mean you know the 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 mets handled the nationals uh last season and they they took one from them uh in dc last week so um i don't see any reason to believe that that they're gonna get swept and and just go under for the rest of the season so um, I don't. I don't think uh, Scherzer is going to be back for for this series. I'm not entirely sure there. Um, I think the Nationals have one TBD slot in their rotation, but um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not uh, particularly worried about how the the the, the Mets and Nationals match up. I think they they match up fairly well when you, you look at the the overall talent levels. So. Um, you know they're they're home. They're home for four. So um, certainly, the opportunity is there for them to uh, hop back over five hundred. Yeah, and they're uh, you know Washington's pretty pretty much the same boat, except they've played some a few less games. Uh, four and seven heading into tonight, heading into Monday night, I should say. This will be out on Tuesday. So yeah, I mean they're going to be hungry for some wins. Um, they're healthy again. They got Soto back in the lineup. He's been hitting already. Uh, Atlanta seems to be really fine in their groove, so you have to keep pace with them. And uh, Big, big series. Big, big series. And I hope we come back on Friday with some very, very <laughs> uh, happy recaps as far as what goes down over the next four days. But, Jacob, I think that's all we got. You got anything cooking on your end, pal? Uh, I got a, got a few uh, stories in the uh, in the queue. Um, got little look at the uh, the alternate side in Brooklyn um, based on some some comments and some videos and uh, got that got that cooking and then um, just going from there just waiting waiting for some some more breaking news and uh, some more Mets wins to uh, to write about yeah what so what are the uh, what are the team zoom meetings all about do you guys do you and the rest of the beat writers like you know hang out and joke beforehand or it's all business Oh yeah, we're shooting the breeze, and uh, <laughs> no, no, they they have it have it muted. It's it's all business once once you get oh, in yeah. there. But uh, it, it's a it's a cool cool experience, kind of to be around everyone and, and watch them watch them work, and um, definitely appreciative for for the opportunity that the the Mets have have granted our website to uh, you know get the the same level of access that the um, the professional professional reporters are. Yeah, I just, you know, maybe I'll be able to join you if I stop calling out the team on their bullshit half the time. I got to learn to bite my tongue, Jacob. I'll never advance I, in this business. <laughs> I, do, I do say I, I enjoy the 
I enjoy the uh, the version of you that that constantly is calling people out on Twitter. I will say that. Um, you know, I've got to find a happy medium. I think I think sometimes <laughs> hey, I get, I get you, carried away. If you believe in something, no no sense in uh, in keeping it to yourself. Yeah, like I'm not just gonna bark to bark. I bark for good reason. I like to think. <laughs> for sure. All right, buddy. Um, we'll see you next time, everybody. You know where to find us. Uh, do do us a favor. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Um, trying to really get this thing off the ground, and you guys are half the battle. We appreciate it. Um, everyone, check out Jacob on social media. Uh, you know where to find Simply Amazing, and we will see you at the end of the week. Let's go, Mets. Mm-hmm.